Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to the Raw Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to review everything that happened on last night's episode of Many Now. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Raw, but also SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete. The Money Good Quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to review last night's Raw. If you're wondering where we were yesterday, we were celebrating the crowning of our new king. I wasn't. No, it was a bank holiday, uh, so we took advantage of that. Um, but that is no reflection on our opinions on the royal family. Which... Incidentally, are not reflective of our employer necessarily. Exactly. And all of that. Um, And uh, obviously, because he was doing the live stream for Backlash, Michael Hamlet's a bloody part-time, and he's having a a well-earned day off today. Uh, So it's me and Sage reviewing Monday Night Raw and all the fallout from Backlash uh, and the beginnings of the World Heavyweight Championship Tournament. Before we get to that, we haven't really had a chance to talk about Backlash and... The best celebrity match ever? It's certainly up there. It's got to be. Um, the main event, before we get to that. Yes. I'll just talk about those two, otherwise we'll be here all day. I thought, and this really sort of impacted my experience of Raw as well, just, this is a pretentious way of putting it, but like a lingering sense of narrative cowardice that I just couldn't shake. Mm-hmm. Even I was on the hook, and I'm not a big WWE guy. Like, I don't like the presentation, the commentary, the the sort of the impositions they put on certain (laughs) wrestlers and all the rest of it. The thing I really liked about the build to WrestleMania, Cody's promos were outstanding. The fact that it just felt like proper all-or-nothing drama, where it was like, you have to commit now. You've built it. You've built this thing that a lot of people take very, very seriously. You're doing great business. It's now time. You've got the perfect ending. You've, in fact, found an ending so perfect that you've had to sort of accept that the other perfect ending of Sami Zayn finishing the story, park that because you've got an even better one. Obviously, it didn't happen. And then this main event at Backlash, it starts with Cody attacking him before the bell, and he runs away after he wins. And it's weird because you do get wonderful, like, video nasty glimpses of the Sting versus Vader match. That was the obvious spiritual predecessor here. Mm. 
you got really thrilling, elusive glimpses of the best version of Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar, but you just saw Babyface as being a little bit cowardly, ironically, a banana skin, two banana skins in one match with the turnbuckle. It just felt like a... Sorry for the alliteration because it's the work of arseholes, but you've got some <laughs> cowardly, corny mechanisms here in the way they laid the match out, which just kind of removed me from investing in it. And then you do these triple threat matches to build this consolation prize of a, of a third world title. And Cody's in there because you need the star power, you need the rating, but he doesn't have to get pinned because it's a triple threat. And man, the thing that WWE had going for it big time on the road to WrestleMania 39 was all or nothing. Here we go. This is big, big drama to which you have to commit. And it feels like it's just been a series of cop-outs and other things and consolation prizes. And I thought this just impacted my enjoyment of Raw because, you know, I'll talk about, I'll put Bad Bunny over momentarily, but while I'm in the zone here, um, you know when you go on YouTube or whatever and, like, you type in, just as an example, I love Super Mario 64. I find the music to Jolly Roger Bay enchanting. And you find whatever, and it's, this for 10 hours. <laughs> and you go, right, okay, after the first two plays, this is as much as I would have listened to it anyway. And then you would lose meaning of time. You just don't know what's 10 minutes or half an hour because it's the same thing over and over again. I thought this WWE Raw was capital G, capital good wrestling at a three and a half star level for 10 hours because it just (laughs) made so much of this Raw. But before I get into a mood with Raw, the Bad Bunny thing was just perfect. Oh my God. Absolutely perfect. That Bad Bunny ring entrance. Oh, how many times you watched it? I looped it for about, and uh, it must have been 45 minutes. Ironically, if there was a YouTube video that said Bad Bunny's yes. backlash entrance for 10 hours, I might have made it through a decent <laughs> chunk of that. My goodness. It was just perfect from the first second. I love the minimalist stage design, yeah. as a lot of people did. Um, it feels very homogenized, the modern U.S. wrestling arena. So any departure from that was thrilling. I thought the way that they took advantage of it and blocked the scene was great. Like, the endorphin rush, the goosebumps I got when you could hear the Puerto Rico fans singing to Kamea, Chimea, I think it is. Yeah, I think you're right. And I listened to that on the commute on the way in was just unbelievably brilliant stuff. Like, it just felt like WWE was the place to be. You've got... Because the thing about Bad Bunny, right, is that he's not only, like, as they say, the most streamed artist of all time. He's also, like, amongst the most critical acclaimed of his generation. It just felt like this incredibly broad unifying experience that happened to be at the cutting edge of fashion as well. Mm. It just made WWE in that moment feel enormous. Like the biggest show on earth, but also the coolest. Mm. And it was just, it's WWE. Look at Raw. I don't understand how they did this, but they did this and they deserve all the credit in the world. And I thought the match itself was spectacular. I thought the storytelling was so fantastic. I thought it was so perfectly laid out. Like, so you had the match. Damien Priest throughout was protected because he just had Bad Bunny at his mercy. He picked him up after the South of Heaven, I think it Mm -hmm. was. He just destroyed him all over the place. Bad Bunny only got an advantage by using the weaponry. 
And then you thought, and this was masterful, because they packed in all the smoke and mirrors at the end. I thought, right, okay, so the story here is that Bad Bunny's completely out of his depth, as the story should be, but he can kick some ass. And then the second that he starts to learn a bit, like, I can actually do a bit of wrestling, and he starts working on the leg, you think, oh, here comes the finish. He's prevailed against that insane table spot on the outside that he didn't have to do with Bad Bunny. Yes. And I thought the story is, oh, he's prevailed. He's learned how to wrestle a little bit at the end. And isn't that a great bit of storytelling? And then that was a twist that incited the party match uh, element for the last five or ten minutes. I thought this was absolutely perfect. Cutting edge WWE made it feel like the coolest and biggest live show on the entire planet. And I, I also thought, right, you know when, like... WWE first started when it was the WWF to like sort of incorporate elements of ECW. This was a cooler version of that. Mm. Like the licensed music, top star, hardcore stuff, like really on the pulse of what's cool in the world. And you are incorporating that into your product. Like, my God, I think this is honestly that entrance, the idea to do this match and the match itself. This is recency bias. It might be one of the coolest things WWE has ever, ever done. And maybe with how perfectly they judged every single aspect of it, the best. Yeah, I just... One of the best. I adored it. I was very late to the party. I was I had a wedding over the weekend. I had family stuff. So I was very... Uh, I, but it was also... This is, shows my investment in WWE. This was, It was a show I was like... I don't want to know anything. I was yeah. barely looking at my phone just in case I got a WhatsApp message from someone that just said, oh, have you seen this? Or just like, you know, sometimes Twitter will push you a, a, a tweet of your mates that's banging. I was like, I don't, I don't want anything. Do not disturb for the whole weekend. Um, and it was, it was, I didn't want to know any spots and I certainly didn't want to know any results when it came to to Cody, for example. I, I loved this. Sh I loved the show. Um, for God's sake, go to Puerto Rico every year for me. That's at a minimum. Yeah. At a minimum. Hold WrestleMania there. For you. I understand the recency bias. People say I'll have to go back as soon as possible. And I get it. I would do the same thing, if I'm honest, especially after this Raw and how quiet it was. Um, but I, I would resist the temptation and keep this a special thing. Certainly an annual tradition. Mm. Like, absolutely an annual tradition. Even if you don't get Bad Bunny all yeah. the time. Like, my God, sensational bit of business mm. and across every definition of that word and how it plays into wrestling. A sensational bit of business just across the entire board with Backlash. I'm still... I'm still Some mid-stuff on the mid-card, but this is the Fed. Yeah, I, uh, a full full disclosure, um, I watched Backlash on a bit... A bit with the big big things that I really cared about, not not getting spoiled, a bit on Sunday... I rewatched them again on Monday because it was that good, uh, and then sort of finished the whole thing on on Monday. Um, and even when I was like, right, I finally got time to sit down and watch Backlash. Here we go. Let's watch the the six man. And I gave that all the investment because I still am, Ugh, I'm still I'm into it. Sick of these kids. I, st I being still being scared of dad and talking at each other when there's no stakes. Sorry, go I'm on. still I'm still into that story. Um, and. Uh, there's 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 bits that I still want to see more of, <laughs> but like the United States Championship match, I was like, "Where's the finish?" There it is. That's exactly how I expected yeah. it was to go. Uh, and thankfully, I was really in the mood for more triple threat matches after that. <laughs> thankfully, that's it now. No more Bobby Lashley and Austin Theory. 
and until Friday for the, the SmackDown <laughs> leg of the uh, World Heavyweight Championship. You have a cheat code to getting likes. No one talks about this enough. Actually, no one is talking about how redundant and repetitive and creatively bankrupt this these two wrestlers share the same ring. Did they faced each other? They had a singles match on paper if you were around about this time last year, and it's just felt relentless, mm. constant. Even when the why would you move them to the same brand? Because they don't like that's the thing. They keep doing it, but they don't like doing it. No. They're never there's not a satisfactory dramatic conclusion to them two interacting. Uh. They want to push Austin Theory, but they're cowards. This is a big trade from the last five minutes of WrestleMania 39 all the way to where we sit now on this podcast on what, May 9th? Yep. Cowardice runs through the DNA of this company, and they want Austin Theory to be the next John Cena or the next big face of the company, the next Roman, whatever, and they don't want to have... got to beat a Bobby Lashley. I almost sent you a tweet over the weekend. Uh, I love Bobby Lashley infinitely more than Theory, but they want Theory to be a bigger star than Lashley, so have beat him. Stop going around the houses with this. I realise people in glass houses and all that, and I know I'm a WWE mark, and I will get into being a WWE mark in due course on this podcast. But I almost sent you a tweet, and then I was like, why would I do that? Because, you know, you're having a, you're having a nice three-day weekend. The results have kind of gone your way in terms of, I know you didn't win, but in terms of Champions League football, it's looking pretty likely for the mm. 20% of you that supports Newcastle United. Only 20%. Well, that 20% is worried. I didn't want to ruin your weekend, because I almost sent you a tweet that was like, uh, Austin, Th- hear all the list of all the people that Austin Theory's beaten whilst US champion. Look at the run he's, he's doing. I was like, no, 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 no. Just writing names down. Yeah, not, that's uh, what they do. Uh, There's it's, it's a lot of modern WWE fans I've noticed on Twitter, and it's not all of them. No. But they'll say, you know how many Intercontinental titles the Miz has won? Must be great. <laughs> I, dare you, I dare you on the spot to reel off who he beat and when for yeah. all those titles. You, at a push, I'll be like, he did that good feud with Ziggler. With Ziggler. What? Number title did he claim? Yeah, I lose. No idea. Um, but anyway, let, let's get into let's get into Raw um, and uh, the fallout from Backlash. And as I said, this this World Heavyweight Championship tournament, the show opened with a big vignette highlighting all the people: Seth Rollins, Austin Theory, AJ Styles, Bobby Lashley, Finn Balor, Rey Mysterio, Edge, Damian Priest, The Miz, Sheamus, Shinsuke Nakamura, and of course Cody Rhodes, uh, who comes out to open the show and asks, asks Jacksonville, "What do you guys want to talk about?" Obviously, huge reaction for Cody there. Uh, he says he appreciates the reception. Uh, this was, of course, his home during the pandemic. Uh, they made a lot of wonderful memories together. Uh, and suggest they make another memory tonight. Were you like me, by the way? Sorry to go off topic immediately. When you saw that thing about the World Health Organization declares coronavirus over. I was like, don't say it out loud. No, no, I'm exactly like you. <laughs> Why would you do that? I mean, it's obviously, you know, it's don't. Just be safe, everyone, please. Um, anyway, he wants to talk about backlash, the biggest, most watched of all time. Uh, he didn't experience the uh, pomp and circumstance of it being in Puerto Rico, though, because he had to face the beast Barack Lesnar, um, the most decorated athlete in sports entertainment, uh, and he discovered what Brock was made of because it was literally all over his fist. By the way, that bleed job, you know, my God, I was sort of watching it, and Anna Louise came in, and she knows I can be a bit, uh, you know, you watch how I am on the on the, um, on the the live streams, and I'm a bit OT. Yeah, I watch the live I streams. I get it. I can be a bit overdramatic. You turn it up to 11 because you're on a live stream. But Anne-Louise knows I'm, I'm like that when I'm watching just wrestling in the house with her. And she's like, you know there's no cameras on you. I'm like, no, this is what you've married. You stopped yeah. with this forever. Um, 
And when Brock comes up and that cut that he's got from hitting the, I don't know what it's called exactly, the little metal thing yeah. that holds all the, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and she went, oh, what is it now? And I went, look. And it was just already everywhere. Um, you can just tell Brock Lesnar had his selling boots on as he did when he got dropped by Cody the other day. It's just weird. He had he was more interested in putting Cody over than the than the creative. Yeah, so um, he said he discovered that Brock can be defeated. He did it at Backlash. Uh, he said Brock took away his focus after WrestleMania. Now it is in the rear view, though, and it's clear what's next for him. It's right there, the World Heavyweight Championship. And um, I'll be honest, watching this at home, I went, No! No, no, no! Got to finish the story with Roman, because I thought, right, I actually quite enjoyed the way that they finish that match at Backlash. I text Michael Hamflet, see, after I watched it, because I thought, right, there you go. You've told the story. He's beaten Brock. He's, yes, he's attacked him before the belt. Again, this is probably me huffing a lot of WWE Copian, but I'm going to go through what I went through um, watching this. I was like, turnabout's fair play. Brock attacked me on the Raw after WrestleMania when I didn't see it coming. So guess what? I'm going to do that in our match, just to because he's a prick as well. And, um... Obviously, the bus bust him open. That looked great. That really added to it, and it was a surprise. And it had people going, "Do they mean to do that?" I was like, "Yes, of course they met. Come on, guys!" Um, and the whole Kimura, it wasn't a. Oh, I'm going to roll you up and, and sort of steal one, despite the fact I, I didn't agree that he should have rolled out and legged it straight away. But in my head, I didn't even think about this tournament thing. I went, "Well, there you go. You've got Cody's beating Brock. Cody moves on now." He refocuses his attempts to to defeat Roman Reigns via it's probably going to be Money in the Bank, which I think is the right decision. Again, I'll always come back to he should have just won it at WrestleMania, but as an as an alternative, I'll accept it. I'm still on board. Um, and I said, well, there you go. So he does that. Da 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 da. da beats Roman at SummerSlam. Oh, I'm the world champion. Finally, I finished the story. And Brock's like, you didn't. I'm 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 your first challenger because you beat me, but uh, bust me open, blah, blah, blah. Great. All the people, all the things that people quite rightly said wouldn't have been a great first opponent uh, for a new world champion in Cody Rhodes at Backlash. You can just run it back. You've got the story. You've got the the, uh, the 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 history between these two that can be a part of it as well. And then I didn't, and then this happens tonight. And I was, I thought actually thought it was quite a clever way of getting Cody out of it. And he shouldn't have to be in it in the first place as I constantly come back to. Um, but I, I really thought it was a nice way of doing it, and that's how you take Cody out of, without having him lose, because listen to the reactions, they're still as loud as ever, if not louder. Um, you take him out of the World Heavyweight Championship picture, he does Night of Champions, what's the next pay-per-view? It's money in the bank. He wins that, he calls his shot in advance, he doesn't cash in, you know, on a weakened Roman Reigns, because he's a baby face. He says, finally, I'm getting back to what I should have done at WrestleMania, and then he can e- even say... Uh, by the way, it's my world heavyweight. It's my uh, money in the bank title shot. So we're going to make it a stipulation thing, and whether it be a steel cage or whatever, this time properly, no bloodline. Although the bloodline was probably disintegrated prior to that, which is a, a big part of the bigger story, which I'm like I say, still invested in. <sighs> well born. I, I love it still. I'm That's still it. really into it, and I, I get it, I get it. Obviously, and as I say. Should have just done it at WrestleMania, but as an alternative, I'm into it. I've said it the whole time. If they can get a, uh, if they can generate an atmosphere as special as it was at WrestleMania 39, I'll happily concede they've done it. 
made a mug of me. I was cynical at the finish. I never, I thought it had peaked. Clearly, they've done enough work creatively to get it to that level again. I can't see Roman losing that belt at SummerSlam. He's going to lose it at WrestleMania if, in fact, mm-hmm. he's going to lose well, the it. The moment, yeah, the moment Mike sure goes off the rails then. That's the earliest he's going to lose it, in my opinion. Um, as for this segment of Raw, it just confirmed to me my gut feeling after backlash of uh, the reason why they've taken this sort of indecisive way that's leaving the questions asked is because they're going to revisit this. Why did I watch it then? This is why I've hated or been resentful of WWE for the longest time because they do things without committing to them Mm. to justify doing sequels and revisits and rematches forever. And in doing so, you just get rid of all the heft. My takeaway on them not finishing the story and doing all of this convoluted stuff subsequent to it is that they've NWO'd the finish the story in the bloodline. It really feels like 1998 NWO, this bloodline stuff for me. Um, so this promo was a reminder, this is what the company does. But they've been NWOing a lot of their storylines for ages. Yeah. They, they always accelerate past their peak. Luckily, for now, you got a bit of a hint at Puerto Rico that... Cody might not be as over as he was ahead of Mania. That crowd was split. Then if you're watching Brock Lesnar live for maybe the first time, mm. going to just go crazy for him because he's just such a, a fantastic performer. So maybe they weren't they didn't turn against Cody, so that's no. um, very... As bad as random. I, I loved hearing EOS guy get those reactions, but that was surreal to be like... Yeah, I think there's conversations that this Raw Women's title reign has gone on too long, but that's, you know... SmackDown women's title. Who knows what's actually yeah. going to happen there? But um, no, that wasn't addressed, was it tonight? Nope. They called it a SmackDown women's champion when they were, had Rhea Ripley on there. So yeah. Anyway, this Cody promo was it was very good. It was great. He's Cody. He's always got that killer line, that turn of phrase. The I know what it, he's made of because it was all over my hand. Great. Yeah, that was lovely. Um, Cody's always very succinct, or he's at his best when he is succinct because he's not always succinct. The visual of Brock looking like he'd been battered was important because in the match, really, he hadn't. Cody didn't batter him. He kind of battered himself, which, again, another instance of the narrative cowardice that I was talking about. And then we'll get to more of that imminently, I suspect. Yeah, so he ran through the bracket uh, and said, oh, let the tournament begin. And then you had a nice moment, obviously, with Seth coming out as well, whilst they're both stood out there looking at the new belt. Um, But before we get to that match, um, I think we went to a break, and then when we came back, they recapped Seth's awesome match with Omos at Backlash, which was just a load of fun. Omos found his lane, and he's great at it. Uh, And they did the Bad Bunny (sighs) Damien Priest stuff. Um, and Priest gets interviewed by Kathy Kelly, uh, asks about the defeat, and he says, look, my name's going to live forever. Um, it took an entire island to beat him, which I thought was nice as well. And that reaction for Savio Vega was just just awesome. And Carlito, too. Um, and uh, he pr- plans on putting down Rollins and Nakamura by himself, um, and then it's going to be either him or Finn Balor, who's in the other triple threat later on, bringing the title back home, because they're in the... F- Judgment Day. And then we got uh, Seth Rollins, Shin, I hate that nickname, and uh, Damien Priest in the round one triple threat. 
Uh, Nakamura takes control early on, and that's when we go to a break. When we come back, Rollins is taking them out both with crossbodies and suicide dives and what have you. Uh, Priest cuts him off. Nakamura starts nailing him with strikes, hits a flying knee for a two count. Uh, but Priest comes back with a forearm to Nakamura and an elevated flatliner for a nice near fall on Seth Rollins. He uh, goes for the razor's edge, but in a nice follow-up to what happened at Backlash, the knee gives out. Um, Rollins hits a curb stomp, but uh, Nakamura breaks up the cover. Um, and uh, Nakamura and Rollins get into a nice sort of strike exchange. Rollins gets... Uh, hit with a reverse exploder. Nakamura sets up with the Kinshasa. Priest takes him out and chucks Rollins out of the ring. Um, get, Nakamura gets Priest's injured leg in a leg lock, but out of nowhere, Rollins flies in, rotates midair, and frog splashes Nakamura, hits him with a pedigree, one, two, three. Seth Rollins advances to the next round of the bracket tournament, the final of which is later on tonight. It's just the... Th- Second of three very, very similar fa- uh, finishes in three triple threat matches I've watched over the past 48, 72, whatever hours. Yeah. So it's just the way WWE books these triple threat matches. You're always waiting for the guy on the outside. They subverted this to beautiful effect at WrestleMania 39, but another triple threat match. are obsessed <laughs> with triple threat matches in this company. Um, yeah, capital G, capital good. Capital W, good wrestling. <laughs> yeah, it was. And oh my God, um, again, apologies for the wordplay, but the whiplash from Backlash was just, like my neck almost hurt <laughs> from that unreal crowd, that absolutely sensational crowd. The matches that they were most into, literally every strike was getting like a pop. Oh. And it was just hairdryer.wav, just sterile atmosphere. Everyone was bored. We, I can't explain the psychology of the modern United States WWE crowd, but my God, they just do not react. They do not like wrestling, and this was a wrestling-heavy show of this sort of modern mm. back-and-forth style that these fans just don't really get into, maybe because this is a diluted version of the real thing. I just, I just don't get it. But they were so quiet pretty much all night. Shinsuke got a decent reaction. Maybe it was a novelty of actually watching him wrestle. Um, but it was just the contrast was I just could not ignore it and I could not get into the match as a result. And it was a good version of every triple threat match you've ever seen. If I'm being honest, I watched it with no real enthusiasm. Mm. I had fun watching it, but uh, like it was a foregone conclusion, obviously, who was winning this yeah. bracket at the bare minimum or this round or whatever it is. Um and yeah, it, it's like they, they know, okay, we'll sing the Rollins song. Cody gets a good reaction. Oh, it's really getting old for me. But like you say, in terms of a back and forth, it was night and day when it comes to Puerto Rico for just anything. A flip-flop, <laughs> a reaction. Yeah. And it was lovely to see that for Zelina Vega, by the way. Um, and compare that to, yeah, just just move to Puerto Rico. Bollocks, bollocks to it. I can't be bothered with these crowds who just I don't know what it is because it wasn't bad stuff it wasn't dull wrestling in front of them they just I don't know what they've been trained to react I've made the point before that the AEW crowd migrated from WWE the ones who used to defy the book and used to really get into the the really great in-ring performances so you're left with the people who just seem to like the, the showmanship the brand going to WWE and they're not really that interested in the wrestling but my God, 
They're packing these arenas out. Yeah. It's one thing to say, right, when they were doing these big basketball-sized arenas and they're getting like 6,000 or 5,000 and they were just shooting it so that it never looked like they were half full. They are packed in now. So what's going on? Mm. These people are clearly energized by the product. Otherwise, they, again, would not be selling these arenas out. So what gives? Mm. Um, Imperium, well, two-thirds of Imperium, um, a bit like us here. Uh, our Gunther's not here today, and Gunther wasn't Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ludwig, Kaiser, uh, Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci uh, are walking through the back uh, and banging on about how bloody great Gunther is, and he's going to be here next week, and they bump into, who wouldn't you know it, the tag team champions, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Um, and Zayn's a bit like, sorry, we're in a bit in the middle of something. Can you just give us a minute, or five minutes to be precise? Uh, and Kaiser's like, no, we're Imperium. We're not to be disrespected. And Zayn was like, okay, very nice. Is, is this a bit like you with your kids? Okay, very nice. You're still going to be Imperium in five minutes. Just and just doing something yeah. right now. Um, so Zayn's trying to talk to Owens, and Owens is like, I can't concentrate. Sorry, a, he's, he's, putting his, he's put his hand in my face. His, his finger's still right there wagging in my face. I thought Owens was great here. Uh, and he says, these are, the, these are the guys that are the henchmen, aren't they, for Gunther? What's the bloody deal with henchmen? You've got the Usos room and you've got these, uh, these here. I'm still talking about the Usos. Um, on different brands. Uh, and Zane said, well, we've dealt with the bloodline for months. And tell you what, let's deal with Imperium tonight. And the match is set up for later on, which I was surprised that they've already pulled the trigger on something like this. Was it your first time watching this promotion? <laughs> you don't really build anything. It's just like, oh, okay, we're just going to blow through this. Because I was thinking, like, down the line, this is a hell of a challenge. Well, that's one of the best tag matches they've got. Mm. Just do it on day one, why not? Anyway, uh, it was followed by uh, Mustafa Ali. Posit- po- I never know how to say it. Positive Ali. Positive Ali. Yeah, that's the way it is. Versus Otis, or in some people's eyes, Positive who are ringside. Positively. Yeah. It's a pun. Yeah, got it. Um, he was facing either Otis or... Otis. Depending on whose side you're on here. Um, and uh, Ali gets dropped by a, 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 a Otis clothesline. He's setting up in the corner. He wants to do the Caterpillar. Chad Gable wants him to do the Caterpillar. The crowd want him to do the Caterpillar. Um, but Maxime Dupri is like, no, no, no. We don't do that. You're a model. Don't do that. And then back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Ali recovers. Otis charges at him. Uh, Ali dodges it, hits that nice 450 splash, and gets the one, two, three. This is all about uh, Otis's caterpillar confliction, wasn't it, Sige? <sighs> in- indeed it was, Mr. Wilborn. I'll tell you what, It's right. a, a storyline I'm invested in. Uh, right. I think the premise is better than the plotting here. Okay. In that the idea that the fighting over Otis is funny. But, like, it's like a... Uh, then when you have to do for like weeks and now months on end, it's it's not great. Mm. It's fine. Um, I did, was very pleased with the news report today that Andy told me that the people who are getting a big big love backstage uh, are obviously Damien Priest after Backlash, obviously Omos after recent performances, but also they're finally acknowledging how great Maximum Male Models are. I well, love them as a stable. I do, but it's one of those where eventually... Yeah, this has to be about wrestling, and it's fine. It's mildly amusing backstage skits that they're trying to make a saga out of, and when the wrestling happens, it's just not as funny. Mm. 
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Um, you'll never guess how the Miz put himself over next. What What did he say? He read his Wikipedia page. Of course he did. <laughs> Honestly, it's, it's decades. Uh, he said... Well over, uh, well over a decade, mate. He said he's going to win this tournament, put some bloody respect on his name. Uh, and I thought, I'll bet my house... Did he main event WrestleMania once? I think he did. He might have mentioned it. Um, <laughs> I said, I'll bet you're the one who eats the pin in this match, one way or another. And uh turns out... I was right, uh, because it was The Miz versus Cody Rhodes versus Finn Balor. Um, Cody Rhodes um, takes us to a break, taking out both men with a big suicide dive. He's still in control when we come back. Power slams, uh, a double Cody cutter, goes to a crossroads on Balor. Uh, Balor blocks it, but Rhodes hits a disaster kick and gets a near fall. Uh, Miz hits Rhodes with a DDT. Um, Ballet hits uh, Rhodes with the headlock elbow drop for a two count shotgun drop kick goes for the coup de gras Rhodes avoids it um, Miz gives Balor a school crushing finale but Rhodes dives in to break up the cover um, Rhodes hits Balor with a crossroads again Miz tries to steal the pin chucking Rhodes out the ring but thankfully Cody gets back in there to break it up and he manages to hit three consecutive crossroads on the Miz. He's got the match won. He's advancing through. He's going to face Seth Rollins in the next round. But as he goes to the pin, he's pulled out of the ring by none other than Brock Lesnar, who pulls him out of the ring, hits him with an F5 on the outside. And whilst Lesnar stands over Cody Rhodes, Balor hits Miz with a coup de grace. One, two, three. Balor will face Seth Rollins in the main event of the evening. I'll talk about what happened afterwards, and then we can talk about it all in one go. Because then Lesnar gets F, uh, let's gets Rhodes and F fives him through the uh, announce table. Picked him up like he was nothing. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Um, and uh, Lesnar's so just terrifying when he's in this sort of mood. What do you want to talk about now, Cody? Um, and he he's got those he's got the cuts and the stitches and the black eye, the as black well. eye. Uh, it's just a great visual. He says, "Look at this face." Uh, and he grabs Cody, um, and uh, he says, you looked into this, you looked into these stitches, you looked into the win, I want to fight! He challenges him to a fight at Night of Champions, uh, and before dropping the mic, walking out, and glancing at the World Heavyweight Championship uh, belt, please no, uh, he says, who's the coward now? 
Oh, I love this. The angle was very good, put over by the visual. The match was capital G, capital W, good wrestling for me. And it was like, I was shocked by how quiet this was, given that Cody was in there. Mm. And as well, like a triple threat, if nothing else, it's got its patterns. You kind of know when to invest in it. Like, you kind of know, right, okay, well, there can't be the finish here because you can sense it more than you can in mm. most other matches because you know that the person who's been lingering on the outside hasn't really been put away. So it was very conventional as a triple threat match. And again, it was the third one you'd watched in 72 hours. <laughs> and uh, I just, Cody's in there. And again, for all of the flaws in the, the, the genre, it's all action. The, the flaws enable the action to happen, in fact. So you're not, like, headlocking your way through a snoozer in front of a crowd who barely even like wrestling. Like, you've got more of a chance with a triple threat, and yet, and Cody's in there, shockingly quiet. Just, it's impossible. Watch, wake up! Mm. I really enjoyed... Go uh, back in the Thunderdome if they're going to be like this. <laughs> they should, you know what they should do, right? They should get petty and pissy. WWE should. And say, if you st- if you don't make enough noise, we'll have a residency at the Thunderdome and just go international for pay-per-views, yeah. PLEs. Obviously, it'd be terrible for their business. I'm not suggesting right. <laughs> in good faith yeah. that this would ever happen. But, you know, hi- hiring an arena costs money. Like, the Thunderdome would be a nice little easy way of just cutting costs, which Endeavor are into. Just say, look, big the baddies at Endeavor are saying that if we can get the same TV ratings with a Thunderdome-esque residency, cutting costs on the live event side of the business, we will do that unless you wake up and start making noise at these <laughs> goddamn TV shows because it's so dull to watch. It's, it's half of the time, or more than half of the time, they're doing the same like audio mixing as they did at the Thunderdome, which was itself was bad. Mm. It's, it's, it's fake. Who was it? Someone on Twitter says, who gives, why is it ambient? Why not just give the fiend Austin Pops? <laughs> and I popped at that, but yeah. like, you could. Yeah. You're going to fake it. Don't do just this. I know why they do it. It's to make it seem real. If it was like this out of nowhere, right, 1998, December, Austin um, comes in at the fourth hour of that roll when Mankind wins the title. If you do that pop all the time, people are going to think, oh, that's fake. It still sounds evidently fake. Yeah. Just have some bloody fun with it. I piped in crowd noise for a Cody match in May. That in itself tells me they've missed the peak yet. Yeah, but as a Cody stan, I was happy with this as the best possible outcome for Cody being dropped into this World Heavyweight Championship tournament. He hasn't lost. He hasn't been pinned. He's been taken out by this monster that he's still got to face in Saudi Arabia. He takes him completely out of the loop of the World Heavyweight Championship. It frees him up for money in the bank. Um, and yeah, it was. I, I quite enjoyed the match in terms of when Finn and Cody were there going at it. I was like, this is great. It's really enjoyable. That's the, the, work, that's the thing. I don't want to gloss over the work and the effort and the bumping. But it, it, so much of what constitutes a good wrestling match in 2023 given the wider standard, absolutely goes without saying at this point. And then poor Cody's limping back to the trainer's room uh, after all this when we come back from a break. Uh, We come back and uh, Rhea Ripley is entering. They're putting over her match with Zelina Vega at Backlash. Um, 
and uh, you think, bloody hell, she's really you know being put through the ringer here. Um, another big match for her, following on from her title defence. Who are they going to throw her in there against? They've got this multitude of, of challengers. All these, it's been mixed up now with the WWE draft. And she's in there with Dana Brooke. Uh, who cut a pre-skip. She cut a pre-tape promo saying we're going to see untapped potential. We didn't. She submitted. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we'll come back to what happened after this in a sec because... Why? <laughs> enough of all that. <laughs> it's now time for this. It's short. It's crap. It's wrestling related. The five-star review review. Nailed it. <laughs> and this week's five-star review review is brought to you by Mark Kulst. If you want to uh, suggest something short, crap, and wrestling-related for us, so we're reviewing some of the god-awful match or segment from Monday Night Raw, you can do so uh, by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcast, or like Mark has done here, uh, leave us a five-star rating on Spotify, screenshot it, need the proof, and then email it to me, adam.wilborn at whatculture.com. Mark's double down, actually. He's not only sent us the five-star ratings you can see there on Spotify, Sige, he sent us the, uh, what's it called? Spotify Wrapped. That shows he listened to What Culture Wrestling Podcast for 13,571 minutes last year, which is amazing. Thank you so much for that, Mark. Uh, and he emails, writes, uh, Dear Adam, the Dadly Boys, and the rest of the What Culture Wrestling team, long-time listener since 2018. Um, I, oh, sorry. How unprofessional of me. I'm a grade eight, grade five teacher coming to you all the way from Melbourne, Australia. Australians love us for some reason. <laughs> Despite everything. Yeah. Ellipse wrestling thing. I started listening. No, elapsed wrestling fan. I started listening to the podcast to see what the deal was with this new upstart company called AEW. Hmm. I quickly fell in love with the reviews, news, and interviews. But I must admit, I owe you all a debt of gratitude, as I can honestly say that you have helped me turn my life around. Um, but you may not notice, but amongst the banter, there is a plethora of life lessons that I take from your podcast daily. Uh, these have helped me rediscover my love of teaching, where I now teach narrative writing to my students by constantly reminding them of the importance of subtle, long-term storytelling, logical plot devices, and how showing and not telling can be the best way to build the drama. I'm shaping Australia's youth. Thank Fantastic. you. Fantastic. This, this is one of the best five-star review review requests ever. Thank you, Sidgwick. Uh, right, Mark. Most importantly... Um, since I've started listening to What Culture, I have found the love of my life. She thinks I'm hilarious. Is that because she's stealing my pattern? I hope you don't mind, but I can't help but borrow some of the more over terms from the What Culture soundboard to keep her careful when you press that button. There's a certain effect to keep her entertained. Whether I'm shouting out, "Hey, <laughs> careful!" telling her, "It wasn't my car." Or agonizingly explaining to her the explicit and intricate details of what people really mean when they say things like, touch grace. Touch grace. It keeps her laughing all day long. Uh, we've just bought our first house together where the fun times have not stopped. Much thanks to all the What Culture team for your insight insightful, caring, and always entertaining podcast. Uh, for my five-star review review, could you please review anything Jim Ross-related? Kind regards, Mark. Thank you so much for that, Mark. Mark, that was awesome. What a humbling read. That's unbelievable, lad. Yeah. I'm going to tell the missus about that, and she's going to roll her eyes <laughs> so far back into her head that you'd think she was The Undertaker in 1995. Michael Sidgwick, rest in peace. That's coming. 
<laughs> so I I just thought I'd type into YouTube Jim Ross. What what else did you type? I typed in Jim Ross Perth, full disclosure. <laughs> you did. Because I thought I would wouldn't be surprised if there was a compilation of him and he'll of his reprehensible uh, remarks. You know, attitude era was what it was, but it, the fact it's continued on to uh, rampage, baby, um, which will we delve into on a weekly basis. Oh, I train of thought. And uh, speaking of which, I forgot to do this on on Friday because we were, you know, we were so distracted by uh, the uh, firm's deletion or whatever it was bloody called. No, 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 no. Which we will. Briefly touch on on the Dynamite preview tomorrow, because obviously we couldn't do it uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks, King, actually. Thanks, thanks King. King Charles. Um, <laughs> but we've got a new game we're going to play uh, on the Rampage preview oh, right. this week. Shout out to uh, Mark Lee Willis for setting all this up. So, uh, type that in. And what comes up, uh, but a brilliant video, which I don't believe we've done before, called Jim Ross Has a Bad Day on Livewire. He's he's hosting Livewire with uh, a handsome young man who goes by the name of Vince Russo. Uh, very quickly, Sid, what's the backstory when it comes to Livewire? It was just a, a call-in show that they thought would do some something for them because WCW was kicking their ass. Yeah, what happened was across a, there was a slow realization company wide that what we're doing here isn't working, mm. and they kind of grasped at various different things to experiment with. A lot of like nineteen ninety six. People talk about nineteen ninety seven as this really transformative year. Nineteen ninety six was wild, yeah. like wild, and there was so many different match types invented, so many like ridiculous on like on the edge angles, like with Pillman and Austin. Mm. They were just throwing stuff at the wall, exactly. They? And then you've got all of these different attempts to realize this fundamental change that we need to survive because 1995 was financially near disastrous for them and you had live wire you had um shock on saturday night in the mid 90s as it veered into that attitude era where they eventually did realize that change and live wire was a part of that where they'd you know they would mention the competition on the show which was verboten for years mm. and years and years and years. Um, and yeah live wire was just another attempt to go right okay we can need to open ourselves up we need to what can we do here? Let's create a um, outlet through which we can bury the competition and be really <laughs> defensive about it. That wasn't all live wire was, but again, it was just something they wouldn't ordinarily have done in the past, but anything went, anything was worth mm. a go. It, for younger listeners, it was a sort of prelude to bite this with, who did that? Todd Grisham, didn't he? he I don't know. Where he was Jim Ross here, where they'd bring up and be like, uh, hi, Todd. Uh, what do you think about TNA? And you think, I think TNA sucks. Bye. So um, what I was going to do, Sige, yep. was I was going to just clip the audio off and we could listen to it and uh, maybe describe some of the, it's worth watching along this, the excellent facial expressions that Jim Ross pulls while he's not having a good day. But I thought, why do that when we can have Jim Ross in the studio with us mm-hmm. reading it verbatim? So I'll play the roles of... Every nervous teenage caller to uh, Livewire, and I'll, I'll I'll dive on the grenade of Vince Russo as well, okay. and maybe we could get a, a verbatim Jim. Everything we say is 
exactly what Jim Ross said. Yes. Legally, we have, we have to say that. Sometimes you have some fun with Jim Ross, whether he's here or not. Yeah. What follows is the verbatim transcript from this um, segment of Livewire. Okay. Um, well, Jim Ross, it starts off. Bear in mind, I'm talking to people who are quite... Well, Jim's talking to people who are quite nervous here, like you're on the air. It's All the comments in the YouTube were like, I rang this and thought, oh, no shot, I'm getting through. And they were basically like, yep, on you go. Yeah, it's a daunting. Yeah. You're on live wire. Good morning. Hello? <laughs> uh, Jim Ross? Yeah. <laughs> this is my favourite bit already. Uh, I followed you uh, through WCW. <sighs> I'd like to say that uh, Goldust is going to be Hunter for the belt. Enough, enough. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah, sorry, that's me. Bro, enough. Move on. Next. <laughs> I'm sorry. Bless his little heart. He got nervous. I love the fact he, he starts off by going, oh, and he looks down the lens like, this God, asshole. This asshole. God damn it. Get it out. Get it out of your mouth. It ain't barbecue, God damn it. Get it out of your mouth. Also wanted to point out what we were enjoying when we watched this earlier. The email <laughs> was WWF Livewire. Yeah, yeah. com. Yeah. Not a bloody clue what they're doing. Um and the next caller. <laughs> right. I've got to do I've got to do both roles here because one of them goes, oh, You were uh, talking about gold dust or somebody being the champion? Bro. Go like I can't do uh, Go to the next one. We don't have time. Open forum. If you're gonna be on this program, you gotta think a little bit. You gotta be prepared. You're either gonna get on or you're gonna get off. Just like I do on Twitter. Oh We're not God. gonna waste any time here. You're on live wire. Here we go. Hello. Do you know if the Macho Man's coming to WWF? Will Wrestling Federation is building on youth, not veterans. <laughs> you don't need people my age wrestling. That's the bottom line. Pause it here. Just read that line without Sid. Can you read it rather than, than the uh, rather than Jim? The, uh, the the last sentence you just read. They don't people. They don't need people my age wrestling. That's a bottom line. They don't need people my age wrestling. A few years later, one year earlier. Oh yeah, granted. I a lot of comments. I don't think I've got them here. I was focusing on something else in the comments. Um, a lot of people were like, yeah, we don't need people their age. Anyway, here's all going on. This beautiful world champion about five years later. Um, right. Okay, next one. Uh, I forgot to put in the, the Jim Ross response, but he, he says Happy New Year to the bloke in the most like, I have to say this because you've said it to me. But Happy like, New Year, Carl. <laughs> he says Happy New Year, Mr. Ross. I'd like to ask you a question about what you think about Roddy Piper coming out of retirement and beating Hogan at Starcade, sir. Well, I think that a lot of folks will do things for money. <laughs> it's obvious that you've got a guy that at one time was a gallant athlete, at one time was a fine son of a gun. He's got an artificial hip, he really doesn't belong in the ring. But if you look at who does or doesn't belong in the ring, I mean, you probably have to use your imagination to say that Hulk Hogan belongs in a ring anymore either. So the guys are making a living in soap, more power to them. I watched a match, and as a matter of fact, I fell asleep in the middle of it. <laughs> right. If you're a more new wrestling fan, <gasps> the state of play in 1994 was, right, being a 
government's kind of on our ass. <laughs> yep. Uh, not allowed to do certain things. We're not as financially profitable as we once were. We can't afford um, to book certain wrestlers that we'd like to. Um, Hulk Hogan has outgrown us. Yep. Um, so what we have to do is pretend that we're not interested in booking big muscled monsters. Nah, they're ancient. They were all younger mm-hmm. at this point than the median age, or around about the same median age as the 12 competitors yep. in the New World Heavyweight title tournament. Your, yep. your Savages, your Hogans, etc. Um, So what they did is a marketing gambit was say, we're focusing on youth, it's a new generation, because they're more exciting. It was obviously bollocks, and to <laughs> underscore how this was bollocks. In 2002, Hulk Hogan became the uh, undisputed WWE champion. In 1994, on the exact pay-per-view that they debuted the new generation as a tagline, was headlined by Jerry Lawler versus Roddy Piper. <laughs> in 1996, in January... They debuted the billionaire Ted skits in the wrestling war. Room. Oh, yeah. And they had uh, Nacho Man Randy Savage mm-hmm. and the Huckster Hulk Hogan. They're ancient. If you want to watch ancient people shamble around a ring, you go and watch WCW, pal. Um, a few months later, um, a featured match at WrestleMania 12 was Roddy Piper. He <laughs> must have got the artificial hip somewhere between WrestleMania 12 and Starcade 97. <laughs> Because of course they don't book old people. I just fell asleep. I watched a match. I fell asleep in the middle of it. As a matter of fact, I fell asleep in the middle of it. I enough tits for my liking. <laughs> you got to have tits on the end of the car. Was it? Yes. Oh, it was roll thirty, wasn't it? He? he was just having a little little doze. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Apparently, he's out of rest. Magic. Goddamn <laughs> crowd turns camera on at the wrong time. That's the problem <laughs> these days. So many goddamn camera phones. And these very smartphones do have their uses, of course. I just yeah, I love on uh, Twitter. There you go. Somehow I don't poke the old GR's eye out. <laughs> yeah, I take the risk every time. The, the, just the complete hypocrisy of new generation. Yeah, we got we got look at the young guys we got, and then any opportunity they get. Oh my god, that's a legend! Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um so we go to the comments. Uh, done a bit of I've been a bit cheeky here, Sid. So, a few of the comments, obviously, are about uh, Jim Ross and Vince Russo and their reactions to stuff. <laughs> Some of them are quite good. Yolan. Oh, once again, these these do not refer to using myself, Dadly Boys. I don't know what culture wrestling. Yolan writes, Jim Ross has never looked more like Peter Griffin than in this moment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, Eddie writes, ever since I worked at a call center, I finally... Uh, understood Jim Ross's frustration with these people. I couldn't do it. I could not do it working in a call center responding to people like that. A mate of mine did it, and he said, like, he was a bit hungover on, like, New Year's Day, and all the the pepped-up people were like, you know what, today's the day to sort my bank account out. And he was just like, hey, why today? I have the utmost respect for people who work in customer service generally. Yeah. And that is... Uh, has a lot to do with my general disdain um, for the general public. Um, so I have all the respect in the world for people who do it um, because I try not to do this. But there's been times in the past when I've had a problem and it's needed sorting and you're on the phone and it's difficult to understand the system they're looking at and mm-hmm. the problem you have and there's a 
there's this weird disconnect and you know they're trying to do their job with this thing really and it's first world stuff half the time mm. and I've, tr- I've I've lost my rag I've tried not to uh, get angry but I've not been able to help myself and it's just some guy doing their job and again they're looking at a different system mm-hmm. they have things that they have to almost translate from you mm-hmm. oh god I could not do it all the respect in the world when they what's your password and then whenever people ask me that there's, a, there's about 10 passwords and I'm just it's, sh- it's just a shot in the dark yeah. for me I genuinely I've three characters off of some egg. Oh, like come on. come on you're nearly there Sure, that's not a one instead of an I or whatever. Yeah. Um, I like to think of myself as a, a confident bloke. You know, I do this as a job. I I think one of my favourite aspects of it is standing outside of a stadium in front of a crowd of people and presenting. Uh, I've done public speaking a lot, obviously. Done acting. Uh, done acting. Done a lot of stuff when I was in commercial radio. I will do anything to avoid talking to someone on the phone. Like, I've got a, a subscription to something where th- you can either pause it every month, right, and have to remember to do that, otherwise they'll, ax- they'll charge you and you'll you'll get a, a thing that you don't really want. Or the other one is, if you want to cancel it, just call this number. It has been about four years, and I can't bring myself to do it. I, it's my worst nightmare is... I, I barely enjoy talking to friends on the phone. Yeah, no. But talking to people I don't know, I'll walk over hot coals rather than do that. I hate it. So, fair play. I, I've got this thing where... Me and my wife split the duties, the chores, mm-hmm. where she'll do, like, the, the budget and stuff and the um, sorting out, like, online banking and things like that and saying, what can we... Go on a night out, how much we've got to play with, and can't play with too much more because we've got this coming out. Yeah. She's very organized, and I can't do that. And I'll just do like the dishwasher and the bins and the washing and stuff like that. Everyone brownie points. Like she hates speaking to people on the phone. And I usually volunteer to do that just to make she probably does a bit more than me, mm-hmm. if, I'm being, yeah. if I'm being honest. Because she hates it, and I understand this as well. And on air. They were away for a day over the bank holiday weekend, and I just watched Community. It was fine. Oh. On the way back, Charlotte wanted to speak to me, my youngest on the phone, and God bless her, she'd missed us. So she just wanted to talk to us like twenty That's minutes. Lovely. And then, like Francis grabbed the phone, she went, "You never want to speak to me that long on the phone." <laughs> and I was like, "You don't either." It's the phone. Everyone hates the phone. Yeah. And when a friend of mine rings, I'm like, "What are you doing? Uh, why?" Yeah. Um. Jeff in the comments writes, anyone's going to have a bad day next to a mulleted Vince Russo. I mean, yeah, he's not wrong. And folks, where's the lay? <laughs> uh, Dare to Win writes, bring this to AEW. JR was a savage. Thoughts? Hey, you know what? I missed, uh, well, he we didn't review Rampage because no. it was a day late. Oh, Ooh. no. Jim Ross popped me. Did he? Because um, Excalibur was saying, and now we're having this trios match between QTV, uh, Lucha Brothers, and L. Hijo Delphi Kingo. Mm. Um, and you know, um, Powerhouse Hobbs has wanted this match for a while because he blames um, the Lucha Bros for uh, his losing the TNT title, Jim Ross, without missing a goddamn beat, deadpan. Well, he wants to blame Wardlow, he whipped his ass. <laughs> and I was like, that's good <laughs> that's stuff. Good. That's I'll good, that. that. That's fantastic. Just putting over Wardlow, like, in a matter of a second. Really strong work. He's still valuable, JR. Yeah. When, you know, he's not being a pervert. 
Well, speaking of which, um, people, you know, like the five-star review reviews. For us, you know, going back and watching some classic really bad stuff. And then the comments. And, you know, unfortunately, in a Jim Ross Reviews Livewire segment, there's not going to really be any pervy comments. So I went to Jim Ross's Twitter feed. And uh, now, Michael Sidgwick... It's time to play the game! Time to play, time to the, play game. the game! <laughs> I'd rather she works Rhea Ripley than uh, Natalia. <laughs> so, I genuinely have gone on Jim Ross's likes when we were <laughs> scrolling through this together. It's like an AI thing. It's I take everything you know about Jim Ross. Yes. It's... Oh, someone promoting something big for for AEW or uh, putting over his barbecue sauce or Oklahoma. He likes his football. Football. He likes a pigskin. And then just mixed into all of that is just, you know, you can, people can see your likes, Jim. You know, like, you can appreciate. Do you, does he think that he has to like it if he likes it? And that's the yeah, rule. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah, but that's not he looks like an old uh, out-of-touch man who's uh, who's a bit creepy. So, uh, how can I word this? On the likes that weren't AW football, Oklahoma, barbecue sauce. Or uh, historical wrestling. Yeah. I read some of the comments in response to the photos that he liked. And yeah. I found some pervy comments from there instead yeah. of the YouTube comment section. But once again, whether on Twitter or we're on YouTube, these do not reflect the views of myself, Dad, boys, don't know what culture wrestling. I'm going to read you a comment. And um, there's only a, a select few, but the game is see if you can guess which WWF diva this comment's about. Okay? Oh, God, he's stitching me up here. So, Ken, I'm not going to give his full name, to one of these pictures, <laughs> just writes, uh, <laughs> just writes, oh, can I put the lotion? <laughs> Ken writes, I'm going to tweet this. Probably tweet this on my account, if anything. Oh, can I put the lotion on your back? <laughs> Which WWF team is that about? Right, okay. So, Jim Ross, I don't know if he's uh, keeping tabs on the new generation of women. He's not. He's got a, a tab. So, there's a swimsuit. Correct. Photo shoot thing going on. Um, put a lotion on your back. Um, Tori Wilson. Ooh, it's good. It's not right. It's Stacy Keebler. Stace, it's usually one of them who yeah, he's a fan of there's, them. The, the, yeah, there's, there's, you got, you got. I reckon a fifty-fifty chance for these final few here. Um, I need your help actually with this next one. Okay. Um, because Cal, that's uh, <laughs> written. Oh, she's the type that will drain your bank account. And your balls. <laughs> what does Cal mean by that, Sige? Well, it's a very misogynistic way yeah. of saying that uh, whomever this WWE performer of your was, that she'd only be interested in you for your money, so she wants to drain your bank account. Right, I got that bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think that she would help you urinate? Uh, Even though it doesn't really come from your balls, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I don't know, maybe. What you're saying is that 
what she would do with your body in a sexual context oh. would in fact be so stimulating <laughs> that, e- that every drop of cum would be just, you wouldn't have any cum left in your body. Oh, I now get Cal's comment. Um, but which WWF diva is that about? <sighs> 50-50 shot here. Tori Wilson. No, Trish Stratus. The final couple of comments are from, not a like uh, by Jim Ross, but a recent... <laughs> Retweet to which half the responses were like, Jim, you know, we can see you retweeted this from your account. You know, you don't need to um, you don't need to share this video of uh, Trish or GIF of uh, Tori Wilson um, twerking on a, a workout bench to which Darth Yoda. I don't think it's a real count. Uh, writes Here it is. Oh, the luckiest bench in the world. It's an inanimate object. <laughs> I'd like to be reincarnated as a workout bench, just on the off chance. Tori Wilson, Tori Wilson twerks near me. But it's like, it's not like a knee pressed on it. I, I don't. I think she's hovering. I think she's straddling it, but no part of her body is touching it. But they're just like, if I was the bench, I'd be that close. Would you have eyes? <laughs> what if? What if? Like a bench is a long thing. What if? Like your eyes are just. Nowhere near the thing you want to look <laughs> at, which is like you know a bit. Um, but Paul, um, I don't see the crown of her head. There's <laughs> no good. Paul concludes this five star review review, and once again, uh, genuinely thank you. Uh, sorry that it's taking this turn, Mark, but the, the review was absolutely lovely that you emailed to us. Um, and if you want to suggest something, he short, knows what he wants. Short grab and wrestling related, uh, you can do so by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or leaving us a five star rating on uh, Spotify. Screenshot it. We need the proof. And then email it to me, adam.wilmer.whatculture.com. But Paul, uh, on this video uh, of Tori Wilson, <laughs> simply writes, <laughs> just picture the scene that says this up. I would have to get my face surgically removed from her ass. <laughs> doctor! She... Doctor, come quickly! What if she has a sh**? <laughs> <coughs> uh. So hang on. We'll go with a human I mean, centipede situation here. <laughs> what if she, like, maybe that's your thing. And, you know, it really isn't mine, but, you know, consent, consenting adults... Can do what consenting adults can do. Mm. She has a <laughs> right. And what if, you know, as most people do, she has one again a day later. <laughs> what if no. he's like, what if it's just coming out of his, like, splooging out of his, like, oh, oh, God. I don't, that's a you lot. Sure you, you sure you don't want to take your face away? No, no, no. You will have this to surgically what, remove me. This is what I'm about. How's he going to stick? Oh, God. Uh, anyway, back to main event time. Back to Monday Night Raw. Uh, speaking of uh, things that feel like getting on your face, uh, Natalia came out to challenge Rhea Ripley. <laughs> what? It's I'm not being funny, right? Natalia has a role, a function. Yes. Um, she can, in theory, get someone who doesn't really know the ropes, teach them them, mm-hmm. and then they can then hopefully move on to bigger and better things. She had a Really quite underrated match with Cora Jade on NXT last year. Yes, good point. She did some remarkably cohesive work. <laughs> I know that's an incredible, you know, underhanded compliment. Yeah. She had she did some remarkably cohesive work with Lacey Evans and where's she gone again? 
Oh, yeah. Uh, she is not in any way, shape, or form a threat to Rhea Ripley's title or an inspiring, oh, I'd like to see that kind yeah, of No one thought Selena's beating Rhea Ripley, but it was a lovely moment. It was a nice sort of bespoke bit of yeah. uh, regional booking book biography. That's fine. Um, it's more than fine in that in that event in that. Uh, why Natalia? Yeah, G came out right. Uh, so uh, Rhea's submitted Dana Brooke in short order, and then puts her back in the prism trap or whatever it's called. And Natalia comes out, and I genuinely couldn't remember if she was a heel or a babyface. I didn't know if she was. Gonna I can't come remember out. what was the last thing she did. I have no idea, but I wasn't sure if she was going to come out and drop. Oh, she had one of those weird tag teams, didn't she? Oh God, was she at WrestleMania? I genuinely can't remember. Maybe. Let's have a look, shall we? <laughs> but I genuinely could was like, is she going to... Is Shotzi? Oh, maybe. Yeah. You might be right there. WrestleMania 39. Oh, it's there. And I can't remember. <laughs> Hang on. Where are we? Uh, Just control F Natalia for the first time anyone's ever <laughs> done that in history. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She was tagging with Shotzi at WrestleMania. Who, hey? Um, like you've kept the streak alive. One's <laughs> ever done it. Um, we're moving on. Uh, nice video package highlighting all the, the great names that they've brought up from NXT. And if you like NXT, check out the NXT Preview and Review podcast, which gives you a, a really detailed and analytical um, perspective yeah, yeah, on, yeah. on that show um, with special guests. Zoe Stark is then backstage. Great call up, by the way. Yes. Genuinely great yes. call up. Yes, yes, yes. She's there with Byron. She says, I'm amazing at what I do. I've got nothing but complete confidence in my ability. Uh, but then something or someone, Sige Distractor, it's Nikki Cross, and you won't believe this, but she's crazy. Uh, and Zoe says, um, I'm going to succeed because there's nothing but bloody weirdos here. Let's have a match. Let's have a bare-knuckle fight then. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then we got that tag match, KO and Sami Zayn versus Ludwig Kaiser, Giovanni Vinci, Imperium, or two-thirds of it at least. Um, of course, Imperium... Managed to take over on Sami Zayn using their uh, sneaky ways uh, to take us through a break. Uh, when we come back, Zayn fights back. Hot tag to Owens, who just looks great. Comes in, beats up Kaiser. Back body drop, atomic drop, clothesline, bump handle, neck breaker. Sent on bomb. Vinci dives in to break up the cover. So Imperium started double teaming Owens. Um, eventually, Owens manages to get a bit of space. Hit Kaiser with a stunner. Super kicks Vinci. Tags in Sami Zayn. I thought the finish was really good. He takes Vinci into the corner, runs at him. Vinci thinks, oh, bloody hell, sends him over the top to try and get, finally get rid of him. But Sami Zayn's the legal guy and just immediately flies in. Haluva kick, one, two, three. Great finish, I thought, this match. Really good finish. Work was good throughout. Imperium without Gunther, sadly, aren't that over. Mm. But who is on this TV show? Again, right. it's a struggle so badly to watch... Capital G, capital W, good wrestling, when I've reached a critical mass of what I can... Even, it's just weird. It's like, is it good? If it's so, like, omnipresent, it's the standard. Mm. Like, nothing, like, very few things in wrestling impress me right now. Mm. Or stand out. 
Um, especially, I think, if you're coming off the back of that show, which was oh, just I so I Honestly, it's got whiplash, backlash. man. Whiplash watching this Raw. Uh, Sonia and Chelsea are walking backstage, getting signatures for something that they claim is for the betterment of the environment. They get Zia Lee to sign it, and they take their petition to Indy Hartwell, who's there with Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano. The way are back together on the main roster, by the looks of things. Well, the casuals meant to think of that. Hartwell doesn't want to sign, um, and they explain it's because they want a tag title match. Uh, and she says, what do you think, Dixie? And Sexy Dexy shows up and gives him the thumbs down. Uh, and Gargano's just jazzed that the, the whole family's back together. And he teases, he is coming back soon. Right, people are going to go, oh, great storytelling. No. <laughs> no, they just tease something. That's what all stories do in another direction. Oh, my God, there's another story beat coming after this one. They are going to struggle badly with this. Mm. Badly. Um, I think it's going to be very sort of, uh, what's the phrase, hot and cold. Because one week, Papa H is going to be given the opportunity to just like, okay, let's give the spotlight to these guys that I really love from NXT. And then one week, Vince is going to show up either in person or via Zoom and put a big red cross through all of that and job them out. Even if it was entirely up to Triple H, I think this would thing, I think this thing would struggle badly. No one knows who the way it is. No one reacted to Johnny Gargano and Dexter Loomis when they had sort of half rebooted their act. They were not over mm. remotely when they were doing stuff late last year with The Miz. Johnny Gargano's anti-pop at the Royal Rumble was sad, bleak. The main he roster... He got a better pop in AEW when it was yes, John Morrison. exactly, exactly. Great point. Johnny Gargano was not over. No one knew who the way are. They were an act formed when NXT wasn't even the cult favorite. No. AEW had dominated it, completely subsumed everything that it was that NXT used to appeal to. The way Triple H is, they're the fetch of WWE. <laughs> like, why, why are you trying to, trying to make these happen? Like, yeah. we had the odd. <laughs> With the way at the yeah. time on the NXT review. We needed something. Bloody because hell, I know we sure. needed something. It was such a grim, oppressive, bleak environment. Johnny Gargano had jumped the shark, which leads me to my next point is that the sort of wrestling fan who was big into the DIY split now recognizes it as, well, kind of fizzled to nothing by the end and they overdid it and it turned into a joke with one final beat and I think that was quite enough DIY drama for my lifetime because the matches were so excessive they bloodlined the hell out of that story <laughs> which I am going to invoke as a verb now thank you very much <laughs> and I just can't see this going well at all mm -hmm. I think it's going to feel so desperate unless they put in the work but if you look at how these fans respond to wrestling when the Gargano Champa feud is all about epic wrestling, I think this is going to go badly, and I think it's going to underscore Triple H has got what three or four ideas. He's exhausted this one, but he's rebooting it at the same time. I uh, will let it play out. <laughs> yes, uh, Zoe Stark got a very dominant victory over Nikki Cross. Nikki got a bit of offense in, but it was all Stark. This obviously to showcase her since she's moved up to the main roster. I thought this was a. Uh no, I'm just, just going to say she won with the Z360, which is that great finish. ETS, which looks awesome. Absolutely great finish. This is, um, again, it's good that this happened after my last point because it supports my last point. They're going to struggle with Gargano Champa. This is the ultimate irony. The people who say, what are the casuals going to think of this AEW thing? Doesn't matter. They don't aim 
for a casual audience. Nope. They're not trying to get a casual audience. They're trying to get the biggest amount of people who like wrestling, but they're not going for the broadest thing. Yes. Because what Triple H, what, why does he think people will know who Zoe Stark is? Oh, here's someone from NXT. They're in a match, right? That's it. Every complaint leveled against AEW in the way that they approach debuting a new talent. At least the AEW crowds know who people who work for New Japan are, who, you know, like Shibata, Okada, all the New Japan guys, they genuinely re react very strongly to. Far more strongly than WWE crowds do for debuting acts from WWE NXT. <laughs> Like, Stark got nothing here. Like absolutely nothing from this crowd. There was no big... And she's been in the Rumble, so they should. Yeah, there's no superstar presentation. There was barely any context. Um, it was just so... Oh, this exists. She did botch a springboard from the... outside of the ring. But let's tell people now, if you haven't watched NXT, that's sort of an aberration, because Stark oh. can really go... She's really impressive. Easily one of the best female performers in that company, well before even debuting last night. So I hope the best for her. Yes. But Triple H doesn't give these women a chance. No. Um, we got a backstage interview with uh, uh, Rhea Ripley and the ex-con Dom to set up a match with Xavier Woods, basically. We're running long, so I'm just going to skip that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And then we got Trish Stratus, who comes out. This is rubbish. This is awful. She uh, explains that Becky Lynch is missing. She's talking to... Um, oh God, the uh, not 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 um, not Corey. The guy who sits next to him on commentary. Oh, really sorry, Sage. That's it's completely gone. Oh yeah, Kevin Patrick um, because he's Irish and she's Irish. Check fine and see if we can both work out where's the Irish person gone. Um, ask Corey to tweet about it. Um, we'll all find Becky eventually, and we can all say thank you, Trish. Um, Thanks, Trish. <laughs> She's going to be found somewhere in a dark corner of Iowa, crying in the corner. I did like, crying in the corner with a dumb daughter. I did that like as a line where she went, she is dumb. She's too, she doesn't even know her colour. So I don't know, is that is that good or bad? I don't know. I should probably find out this information. You probably of. should. I, uh, I've i repressed the, the, the nursery years. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, she said she's not coming to Raw this is my show this is my spotlight no one's going to steal it Becky Lynch's music hits and Trish is like oh my god she's here ah, got him you got you not really um, uh, you're all dumb you're all gullible you're just like Becky um, Becky's not going to get me she's never coming back um, she starts telling this story about her daughter wanting a Becky Lynch doll and Becky's music and hits again that's why she's yeah, jealous yeah and uh, Becky's music hits again, and Trisha's like, no, we didn't the joke, guys. Cut the music. But actually, Becky Lynch has returned. She appears behind Trish Stratus, um, drops her uppercut, Bexploder, Trish legs it. Becky gets a great reaction, to be fair. Grabs the mic and says, the man has come around to kick her ass. Uh, my God, this, the disingenuous heel cadence in a WWE promo. I hate it so much. Like, they've turned Trish Stratus, her new gimmick is everybody. <laughs> so I, I had no time for this. I continue to have no time for the storyline, the premise of which, as I've mentioned before, is completely hard to believe. Um, I don't think it's a good use of Trish Stratus at all. Let's move on. 
Okay, uh, to Dominic Mysterio versus Xavier Woods. It's a slow motion, this. Yeah, I mean, I'm never going to complain about Xavier Woods getting time to wrestle on a oh, I love wrestling Xavier show. Woods. Um, nice fella. And uh, there was a bit where... There's a bit where Dominic Mysterio hit the three amigos and Corey Graves basically said, oh, that does things to Rhea Ripley. I was like, what? Anyway, um, Woods, obviously, for the most part, keeps fighting back, is in control. Forearm, corner clothesline, rolling clothesline, tornado DDT, he's getting a near fall, he's setting up for the finish. He goes for that springboard elbow drop, but uh, Mammy... Oh, my God. Uh, ...pulls Dom out of the way, uh, pulls him off, and um, then... <laughs> <laughs> Dickhead. After Woods misses the move, Dom slides back in, rolls him up, grabs the tights, one, two, three. It's, uh, it's the story. Let's get Dom on the show. That's all this was. Um, poor match, I thought. Uh, nice, Slow motion. Nice hype video for Jinder and Indus Share, who are going to, two-thirds of them are going to kick AS. Uh, if they get given some local competitors, please, for their first match on Raw. Uh, and then Miz is still pitching Miz K Nakamura to Shin backstage, who says, all right, next week, Miz, Shinsuke Nakamura. Miz is like, yeah, that's happening. And then he's like, actually, it's a one-on-one match. Well, Adam Wilborn, ahead of Shinsuke Nakamura's return to WWE this year, I filled in for Michael Hamlet on the SmackDown preview. And you asked me if it would go better this time or if I was excited. What's he done? He's had a match with Karrion Cross, and now he's having a match with Miz. Wilborn. It's all that um, give up, man. striking ability that he's learned from jiu-jitsu. That's what I've been told. Uh, Liv and Raquel bump into... I, I, if, I, if I didn't know much about martial arts, and Wilborn, I don't. I wouldn't just make one up. No. I would just say, out of the... Because I know judo's not particularly strike. It's right. more like using your opponent's yes. um, momentum and weight against them and all the rest of it. So go, right, what about jujitsu? The first thing I would do is, I don't know how to spell that off the top of my head. What do they do in this martial art? Oh, okay. Let's Types of martial arts... What's the one where they emphasize striking? Yeah. What's the one that Nakamura's actually practiced in? <laughs> yeah, or just say MMA. Yeah. Just say mixed martial arts. Or just say, you know what? I shouldn't have to introduce someone to the audience who debuted for this company nine, seven years ago. Jeez. Uh, Liv and Raquel, women's tag champs, uh, see the, the petition that Green and Davila go around with. They sign it. Uh, they could have just have asked for a title shot, they say. Um, we'll face you after we face damage control, but the baddies say, actually, we're going to face damage control because you're going to lose to them next week. Um, anything you want to say? No. Cody Rhodes. He's asked like, about I like Cody. Brock Lesnar. I am hungry. Um, he fires up here. Um, he says, this tournament was mine to win. Um, and he goes to walk off. He says, actually, I've got something to say. It's the second time that Brock's attacked him from, from behind for no reason. Um, the only reason being you could uh, sense that Brock Lesnar knows he's losing his long-time grip over the main event scene because by every measurable metric, Rhodes is now the man. He proved it at Backlash, and he accepts Brock Lesnar's challenge for a fight. Uh, main event time, it was Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor to see who goes to Night of Champions to fight for the World Heavyweight Championship, of course. Um, I did like the touch of Balor powerbombing Seth into the barricade. That was really good. Uh, a nice callback to obviously their Universal Championship match at SummerSlam many moons ago, uh, which led to a break in the match. And I think that was when we came back. Seth was selling the arm, which was going to feed into the, the match later on. Uh, they also kicked each other's ass. It was a great spot where they're just taking it just to smash each other's head against the apron. Um, they get in the ring. Rollins hits an Inziguri. Balor comes back with a Pele kick. 
took me years to realise that they were saying Pele kick, by the way. Oh, God, I know. I was like, what's a Pele kick? That's just the Yanks. Talk proper. Talk proper. Um, Rollins, Pele. Rollins hits a superplex. Oh, hang on. No, no, keep talking. Okay, Rollins hits a superplex, but he can't get the Falcon Arrow because of the arm. So Balor counters it into a great reverse DDT for a two count. Balor just starts stomping on Seth Rollins in the corner, drop kicks him in the back of his head, drop kicks him in the corner, goes up top, but Rollins dodges the coup de grace and manages to pull out a one-armed pedigree uh, for a great near fall. This time, Rollins goes for the stomp, Balor avoids it. Well, after my research, you know the markup of the E on the second E in Pele? Oh, yes. Well, that's called an acute accent which indicates to you that's different to a normal E. Therefore, you should pronounce it differently. So it's Pele. Yes. Right? Because the acute accent only hovers above the second E. If it was the same, <laughs> then it would be Pele. Pele. Pele Maradona. We'll deal with, we'll deal with oregano next week. Thanks, Pele. <laughs> um, Balor avoids the stomp, um, but sits up. And I mean, it's just called a stomp. I like the fact they called it it's a reverse curb stomp. It's just a stomp then, because he just stomps on Balor. But it was inverted. Yeah. <laughs> Hits him with the curb stomp. One, two, three. Rollins is heading to Night of Champions. The right result. Right result. Um, are they going to do Seth Rollins versus Edge again? Quite possibly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was good when they did it, but it's finished. Can you not wrestle someone he hasn't wrestled before? And I haven't got long left with him. Mm. Maybe he wants to do the job for Seth. I don't know. I don't care that much. Look. It's a big final for Saudi, isn't it? I suppose. What were your honest thoughts on this match? I loved watching uh, Seth and, and Finn, and I did like the, really like the, we'll do a call. Will back you remember this like, in like two or three oh, or four no, weeks? No, 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 no. Was it like hot? Is it What's wrong with these people? <laughs> like a distant hum of, oh, oh. it's the best I'm going to do. Like the pay, the Paley's, PLEs crowds are way hotter. Yeah. Because I think they go there expecting a night of action. They're not paying for Ms. TV. Mm. The TV crowds, maybe they'll like going, oh, you know, if we get a wrestling ticket, on this show. Yeah. If we get a ticket for Raw, we have to bloody be quick because inexplicably they're selling out we can watch Ms. TV on a big screen it's like going to the cinema and instead of watching you know uh, Guardians of the Galaxy yeah yeah they're going to see Ms. TV like, what are they doing with their money all in all though I really enjoyed this episode of Raw it was just if you're going to do a wrestling centric episode of television and the crowd's just not there I just can't get into it mm. Well, let us know your thoughts on Monday Night Raw on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. What I say, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to what Culture Wrestling wherever you get podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Myself and Michael Sidgwick uh, back here later on today to look ahead to the best wrestling show of the week, yeah. NXT. Um, and don't forget, just like Mark Kulst did, if you want to leave us a five-star review review, you can do so on Apple Podcasts. Podcast, or you can leave us a five-star rating on Spotify, screenshot it. We need the proof. And then email it to me, adam.wilborn at whatculture.com. But for now, this has been the Raw Review. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.